Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time each day. We'll do my best, or at least attempt to do my best to make good use of it. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help it grow as it continues to do, um, incredibly humbled and grateful for it very much. It helps immensely when y'all tell other people about it. And so thank you. We're going to take one of our little walks today. We have all sorts of stuff going on today. The girls have gone out to the garden to pick vegetables and are in rubber boots because they saw a snake out there yesterday and they also made the dogs go with them and took sticks to beat off the snakes. Uh, my father is down working on the shredder and I am trying desperately with sprinklers to counteract the heat, which is killing everything in our yard. Well, that's not true, but it is killing a lot of things, mostly grass. Although we have, I'm pretty sure we lost one or two trees, fruit trees out in the garden. So kind of disappointed there, but so be it. The sweet potatoes seem to be coming on pretty good. We planted those, I think I told y'all, about a week or so ago. And uh looked like we had lost almost all of them, and now some of them are starting to come back. So that's encouraging. At any rate, we will uh, we'll go for one of our little walks. I've got a subject today, folks. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about almost every subject I talk about here. Uh, this one I'm extremely passionate about because I think it's... Uh, it absolutely is, is one of the main stages of this war that we're in for the soul of our country. And regardless of whether that war turns into a hot war or stays more of a cold civil war, this is going to be one of the two main areas, I guess maybe three in my opinion, where we really turn this republic back around and save it or where we lose it. Today we're going to talk about, and we'll we'll talk about this, I promise, multiple times, especially over the next couple months, and you'll see why, the purpose of public education. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to read about three quotes that I've pulled to kind of give us an idea of, of what public education, what our founders, and we, we talk about this often, and I'm barely scratching the surface here, folks, but just to talk about what, what was the purpose, why did we need public education, what was it centered around, and then if we have time, a little bit at the end, I'm going to talk to you about a couple trends that we see from the Census Bureau statistics and a couple other places that I managed to pull. So the first quote, William Samuel Johnson, uh, president of Columbia University, which was formerly King's College. And he said this to the first graduating class after the Revolutionary War. You have received a public education. The purpose whereof hath been to qualify you the better to serve your creator and your country. Your first great duties are those you owe to heaven, to your creator and redeemer. Let these be ever present in your minds and exemplified in your lives and conduct. Imprint deep upon your minds the principles of piety toward God and a reverence and fear of his holy name. 
The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and its consummation is everlasting felicity. Remember, too, that you are the redeemed of the Lord, that you are bought with a price, even the inestimable price of the precious blood of the Son of God. Adore Jehovah, therefore, as your God and your judge. Love, fear, and serve him as your creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Acquaint yourselves with him and his word and holy ordinances. Make him your friend and protector, and your felicity is secured both here and hereafter. And with respect to particular duties to him, it is your happiness that you are well assured that he best serves his maker, who does most good to his country and to mankind. Uh, the point of public education, the reason that these men, the reason that we set up public education was to better serve God and then the country. Uh, talked about, Mr. Johnson talks multiple times here, very important things. Fear of the Lord. We've gotten away from that. Not only do we not fear the Lord as a nation anymore, we reject him and kick him out of our institutions. And we completely ignored Thomas Jefferson's warnings about a just God and that his justice won't sleep forever. We think, as Lincoln said, in the arrogance of our hearts, right? We think, oh, we, we did all this. We don't need God. And in fact, some of us pretend we, we don't even have God. There's no God in America, right? And then he talks about these duties that we have. You have a duty, folks, we do to serve God. And, and one of the best ways to do that, he says here, is to do the most good that we can for our country and for mankind. Notice never once here does he talk about, let's look out for me. Let me get mine. And, and he also doesn't say, folks, he doesn't say that serving God is going to make life easy. He talks about felicity, you know, happiness, peace, maybe comfort. It doesn't say it's going to be easy. Fear of the Lord, serve God and country. That's the point of public education. Obviously, we are not doing that today at all by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, we're going against God and country. Next one. This is from Noah Webster, right? You know Noah Webster, Webster's Dictionary. Uh, this is, I believe, from 1848. For this reason... Society requires that the education of youth should be watched with the most scrupulous attention. Education, in a great measure, forms the moral characters of men, and morals are the basis of government. Education should therefore be the first care of a legislature, not merely the institution of schools, but the furnishing of them with the best men for teachers. A good system of education should be the first article in the Code of Political Regulations. For it is much easier to introduce and establish an effectual system for preserving morals than to correct by penal statutes the ill effects of a bad system. The goodness of a heart is of infinitely more consequence to society than an elegance of manners, nor will any superficial accomplishments repair the want of principle in the mind. It is always better to be vulgarly right than politely wrong. The education of youth is an, import, an employment of more consequence than making laws and preaching the gospel because it lays the foundation on which both law and gospel rest for success. Another little bit here, just at the end. Republican government loses half its value. 
when the moral and social duties are negligently practiced. To exterminate our popular vices is a work of far more importance to the character and happiness of our citizens than any other improvements in our system of education. Again and again and again, folks, it goes to social values first. Fiscal values will follow social values, but you can't do it in reverse. You can't start with the financial and hope that the social are going to be there. And the fact that he talks here where he says superficial, where did it go? I lost my brain. I'm sorry, folks. The goodness of a heart is infinitely of more consequence to society than any elegance of manners, nor will any superficial accomplishments repair the want of principle in the mind. It doesn't matter what we do, folks. Uh, this is true in our families at home. Uh, this is a huge deal that, that feminism lie that feminism has brought in. It doesn't matter if you become the CEO of a company, a multi-billion dollar company, multi-million dollar company, the best doctor, lawyer, teacher, plumber, electrician. It doesn't matter how good you are professionally. If, if we are not passing on to our children moral and social values, it doesn't matter, folks. It's all superficial. It doesn't matter how good at basketball or football or baseball or volleyball you are or your kid becomes. If we don't teach them moral values, which if you look at the state of national sports, that just popped in my head, you know that we're not. <clears throat> if we don't teach them those moral values, if that's not the main point of education, public education in particular, not even talking about private folks, just public education, if that's not the main point, if we're not centered around God, as Noah Webster said here, it doesn't matter. And and the interesting quote, I, I have never liked this comment, but I can't pass this up and not mention it. You hear so many people talk today about, uh, I wish that we had Trump's mean tweets back. And, and I really don't. I've never been a big fan of that. Uh, I've always wanted a little bit more class there, folks, personally. That's just me. But Noah Webster's comments here, it's always better to be vulgarly right than politely wrong. And and you think about this in your own life, some of those people that you've met that are really polite and uh and well mannered and and completely superficial and mean underneath. They talk to you like you're they're your friend, they're kind to you in public or maybe in private and then they just completely destroy you. Right? Wouldn't you rather have somebody that really cared about you. I'm just talking individually, and you can stretch this to the country. Wouldn't you rather have somebody that really cared about you that maybe was not the most polite person in the world than somebody that was super polite and well-mannered and was undermining and attacking you behind your back? Of course you would. That's, that's a no-brainer. Just an interesting comment there by Webster. William McGuffey. <clears throat> this is great. And I pulled from just almost every source I've got today, folks, uh, including a couple online, Census Bureau. Uh, these quotes are from the Founder's Bible, uh, Patriot's Bible, America's God and Country Encyclopedia, and they're in multiple places. They're also online, so you can, you can go and look these quotes up. William McGuffey, uh, professor and college president, uh, he published McGuffey's Eclectic Readers in 1836, it sold 122 million copies and was repeatedly revised until 1901. And so it was used in public education for multiple generations and private school. And this was the 
preface of his eclectic third reader. McGuffey wrote, Selections have been drawn from the purest fountains of English literature, copious extracts made from the sacred scripture, talking about the Bible. Upon review of the work, an apology may be due for not having still more liberally transferred to pages the chaste simplicity, the thrilling pathos, the living descriptions, and the matchless sublimity of the sacred writings. From no source has the author drawn more copiously than from the sacred scriptures. This certainly apprehends no censure. In a Christian country, that man is to be pitied who at this day can honestly object to imbuing the minds of youth with the language and spirit of the word of God. Man, folks, you could I could just sit here and do a whole podcast on this one thing. In a Christian country, the man is to be pitied who at this day can honestly object to imbuing the minds of youth with the language and spirit of the word of God. And, of course, we have a huge chunk of the citizenry. Our three-legged wolf came out. That's a good boy. He just chased all the birds off the porch that were trying to eat the dog and cat food. So absolutely a wonderful use for that puppy dog. We have people, folks. We've been playing this game for 80 years now about rejecting God out of education. And look, I've got another podcast. We'll probably do it this week. Talking, going back to talk about Dewey and, and the difference between what Dewey, who was an avowed socialist communist as far as education, wanted. And one of the things that he wanted, I talk, was talking to somebody at church about this the other day. They want, regardless of what they say, folks, one of the main goals, and they actually are pretty open about this, is to take children more and more away from parents and church. That's why the school day is getting longer and longer. That's why the school year is getting longer and longer. The more that they can take children away from parents and God, God and parents in that order, the more they can control them and raise them up to do whatever it is that the left, the socialist communist tendencies. And you've seen that's why public education has had for so long a stranglehold, right? And and I'm going to say this probably a couple times in the last few minutes. Public education, folks, we need this as an institution. The solution is not to get rid of public education. The solution, there's a couple of them. School choice is a huge one. Arizona's law right now is fascinating that they just passed that every student gets $6,500 a year. And maybe we'll come back and talk about that in a couple days. But the solution here is to fix public education. The days have to be massively shorter. The school year has to be massively shorter. The subject material has to be tightened up. And then God and Jesus Christ have to be at the center of public education. Some of y'all out there that are listening to this going, well, I don't know about that, Cope. Uh, You can't force people to follow Jesus Christ. Having public education be centered around the principles of this country, which are, we show this again and again and again. We've been doing this for over a year now, folks. And every single time we come back to God, the fact that this is a Christian republic, is supported over and over and over again by facts, by the words of our founders, by the way they instituted things. You talk about, go from the very beginning, the Declaration of Independence and Fisher Ames, who was the final 
worder of the First Amendment wanting the Bible as a textbook in school. So we we have to get God and Jesus Christ back in the center of education. That doesn't force people to be Christians. That doesn't force Americans to be Christian. But if we're going to force taxpayers to fund public education, right, then it's got to strengthen the country. That's, it's insane. You would never have a, a company where you forced people, the, where, the, where the stockholders bought in and they, they bought in the stocks that actually undermine the country. That makes no sense, but that's exactly what we're doing with public education. So these are just three examples. As I said, we're going to come back and talk about this multiple times because, right, school is coming again, and for the majority uh, the vast majority of students in the country, they're going to go back to public school. Now, that being said, I had a couple quotes from some of our founding colleges, but I think I'm running low on time. Let me check here. So I want to read a couple things to you as we go and chase a turkey off the porch that's eating all the cat and dog food. So uh, this is from uh, Texas Scorecard. And it's information pulled from the U.S. Census Bureau. THSC estimates more than 750,000 Texas students are being educated at home. In 2020, the number of Texas students, and there goes the turkey, the number, I'm sorry, in 2020, the number of Texas families who chose to homeschool their kids nearly tripled from 4.5% to 12.3% according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Okay? That's one. I'm going to go to the next one. My phone decided to. <clears throat> so, uh, by the fall of 2021, this is, I think, pulled again from... Well, no, it's not pulled from the census bureau. I'll have to go back and get this. By the fall of 2021, 11.1% of students in the United States were homeschooled, and the number is continuing to climb. So if you go back and look at the trend back in 1999, uh, and I think homeschooling was really, ugh, I, I read this. I'm not sure about this. I'm not going to say that. But the percentage was a little below 2% in 99 and now, depending on what statistic you look at, we're anywhere from 8 to a little over 9%. And the number is steadily increasing, anywhere from 2 to 8% each year. Although from 2019 to 2020, you had a huge jump, obviously, COVID. You'll kind of have to see how that balances out. But the point here is, even without COVID, COVID kind of spurred it on, but the homeschooling numbers are growing. Well, why? Well, because those students are performing better across the board when you look at the statistics. And those parents no longer have to unteach or, or reteach the correct moral values to their kids once they get home. They don't have to fight the public school system, which has taken God and Jesus Christ out and replaced it with these. There's nothing else to say, folks. We've talked about it here before, these evil values of the left you talk about. LGBTQ, you talk about abortion, you talk about illegal immigration, you talk about the bigotry of things like critical race theory, uh, 
Black Lives Matter, the Antifa protests a few years ago. You talk about the socialist, communist, the revisionist history, the idea that America is systemically racist, um, sexist, and bigoted. Parents are tired of having to pay to send their kids to public education, to have the public school system teach these completely immoral and evil values to their kids. And if it's not explicit, because some of y'all are thinking, well, my school doesn't explicitly teach that. Yeah, you're right. But it doesn't, it, it allows it <clears throat> implicitly, folks. Because what happens is if you've got a kid that wants to promote one of those things, right? The, the school has no control over that. And, and, and you can't, you can't speak against it. So if a student is asking you what the truth is, right? And you see this, what's the Supreme Court case right now? The football coach that was praying with his teammates, with, not his teammates, with his, with his players, right? And that had to go all the way to the Supreme Court. So even if it's not explicit, which it, it is in a ton of schools and growing and, and the age that it's explicit is getting younger and younger, it's done by omission, let's say. You've heard that before, right? Just because you don't tell a lie, if you don't tell the truth, right, that's lying by omission. And that's kind of what we're doing even in the good school districts. We're not standing up and telling the kids because we're not having public education centered on God and Jesus Christ anymore. And it's not, folks, y'all, you have some wonderful educators, administrators, counselors out there, phenomenal. Look at wherever you are across the country, because I've looked, we have, I pulled quite a few of y'all from a lot of different places, even overseas some. I can't speak to some of the countries overseas, but here in the United States, across the board, whatever state you're in, you're going to have a number of really caring, good educators, administrators, and counselors. The problem is the system is tying their hands, folks. Now, you've got some really bad ones, too. I'm not pretending that they're all good. In fact, you might have a majority that are not good because the system is the way it is for so long. The point is the purpose of public education, when you get right down to it, had to be God and country, and we're not doing that. And if you're not doing that, you can't force American citizens, taxpayers, to fund that anymore. That's the bottom line. You can't. It's immoral to force American citizens to pay for a system, to force them to put their kids in and force them to pay for that system that is undermining the country. Again, uh, there's multiple things that need to be done. The biggest ones, though, get God and Jesus Christ back in the center of education. Make education primarily about education again, right? Not as it is in so many places today, folks. Focused on extracurriculars or athletics. It needs to be focused on education centered around God and country, the day needs to be dramatically shorter, the year needs to be dramatically shorter. These kids need to be home with mom and dad. They need to be learning from mom and dad. We talked recently about that little comedian routine for those of y'all that listen to the podcast. We have to train and raise our children up to be godly men and women, men and women who are going to be productive citizens and good husbands and good wives. Where do they get most of that training? 
home. All right. I, I went way over. We'll talk to you all again soon. We're going to talk about this some more, folks. It's a huge issue, huge issue. Go back and listen to those quotes. Uh, Webster, McGuffey, and Mr. Johnson, they're phenomenal quotes, and they, they show you, regardless of what the modern media or the left says, they show you what public education was founded to be here in the country. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.